All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Strength Connection Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Krakowski. On this special episode, it's me and you. We're gonna be diving into a couple of the lessons of connections, as well as recapping a really interesting week here. Um, Have a really cool podcast recording I wanna chat about that's gonna be out next week. Um, It was one of these ones that I've been looking forward to for a while, it took a while to connect uh, with this individual, which I'll dive into. really, really special personally for me because I followed this guy for a while. He's been on some amazing podcasts before and without giving so much hype up, I'll I'll dive into it. Um, But yeah, no, this has been a really interesting week. We're getting deep into 2023 now in the middle of February. Um, To begin this too, uh, just to intro, February 16th uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern time, which uh, when this is released will be the following week. I am doing my next free kettlebell mastery series seminar juggling strength this is a focus on prioritizing all different goals that you might have and how to get better at them all at one time Um, again i do these seminars uh, about every six weeks or so and it's just a way for me to um hopefully cultivate and um you know bundle the information and the experiences that I've had in my own life of strength, as well as people I work with, uh, different guests that I have on the podcast, a way to um, gather information. So hopefully it will be a benefit to you and the things that you're trying to aim for of building in your life. Uh, So again, it's Juggling Strength, February 16th. That's Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. I'll put the registration link in the show notes here. Uh, Again, if you can show up live, that is awesome because I'll be able to connect with you, answer any questions that you have, and we can converse. But also, if you register, you will receive a free copy of the seminar as well. So if you can't make it live and you still want to see it, then make sure that you register and, uh, and get into that before it's too late. So awesome. All right. So uh, to start this, yeah, I want to dive into this podcast recording that's going to be out uh, later next week. Um, this is with a gentleman uh, named Dr. Nate Zinzer. Uh, Dr. Nate is the performance psychologist. He ran the performance psychology program at West Point Academy in uh, upstate New York here for over 30 years. I think he started in 1992, if I if I'm correct on that. And uh, Dr. Nate, he's one of those uh, I got connected with from a mutual friend. We went back and forth for a while trying to find a time that worked best for us. But I was so excited to talk to him because we were diving into a very specific topic, and that is confidence. Um, he wrote a book. I have it right here with me called The Confident Mind. Um, it is one of the best books I've read over the past few years. Uh, not just the information that's in it, but the the format and the way that Dr. Zinzer writes. So if you've read any of Ryan Holiday's work or Robert Greene's, um, I think they worked together for a while. So their styles are very similar, but they put a lot of information out there, but they make it so easily digestible by putting a lot of uh, examples in there. So he references a lot of the people that he worked with in the military, as well as um, superstar athletes, high-level entrepreneurs. He worked with Eli Manning um, for a bit from the New York Giants. So being a you know native New Yorker and a Giants fan, that was a huge plus for me, um, which is really cool. But yeah, the way that he put this book together was so um, easy to remember the information and really to dive in. So I was really pumped to just explore a lot of these different ideas. I was curious to ask him about really his definition of confidence, of what it is, what are, like anything that's popular, it's something that we all 
aim to strive for more in our lives, but there's also many misconceptions about what it is. So we went over quite a bit of that, um, as well as kind of talking about, you know, society nowadays, you know, with the impact of technology and social media, if he's seen a difference in um, self-confidence, uh, self-esteem, just the mentality, specifically with young cadets that he's working with in the military academy. Now, I was thinking about it, like 18 years old, you just started West Point and you're supposed to be a leader in the armed forces, um, which could be in combat situations and life or death situations. That's quite a bit of undertaking at a very young age to, to be in. So it was a beautiful conversation. Um, I'm excited. We're going to try and do it again, hopefully uh, at some point soon to add to everything that we talked about, but there's a couple of things that I wanted to uh, elaborate on. And this came from the book and we also talked about it a bit. And he's talked about fall in love with your butterflies. I love this expression. I think it's so cool. So I'm going to dive into it. So if you you know, can remember those times when maybe the spotlight is on you or the the stakes are high, maybe it's a big game, maybe it's the end of it, or Maybe it's a big presentation at work or it's a big job interview or it's something that, you know, you care a lot about and you need to perform in that scenario. Maybe you've trained for it for a while. What happens often in that situation? We get our nervous system turns on. We get nervous. Uh, maybe we start to sweat. Maybe our hands get clammy. You have a, a physical response to it. And the first thing often in our head is like, calm down, you know, take a deep breath, think about it like any other moment in the world, but it's not like any other moment, right? I mean, there's stakes are on the line. It might be the end of the game. It might be uh, something that you really need to get this job um, in order to, to move forward in your life. So the stakes are high. It makes logical sense that you're going to feel a little bit different in your body and in your mind when this happens. So when he talks about falling in love with your butterflies, actually, uh, butterflies is actually flipped the script on this. So he used the example of Michael Johnson. Uh, Michael Johnson, the, he's a former uh, Olympic gold medalist who I think in 96, he won, he was the first uh, man ever to win the 200 and 400 meter in the same uh, Olympics. And after he uh, won the second one, there was a reporter there and asked him, do you, do you get nervous in these situations? Like, what does it feel like beforehand? And he said something like, yeah, of course I get nervous, but when I'm nervous, I'm most comfortable. And he highlighted that phrase, when I'm nervous, I'm comfortable. So what he talked about is in that moment, instead of thinking that something's wrong or something's off, actually flip the script in your mind and be like, oh, this is when I'm at my best. This is when I am ready to perform at the highest level. So you actually make the butterflies, that nerve wracking feeling a positive for you. And it's interesting that biologically and chemically, the what happens in your body when you're either nervous or scared versus being excited, the same exact thing happens in your body. The same chemicals get released. The same uh, feelings start to pop up. The only difference is our perspective with in our mindset. So the only difference with being nervous and being scared uh, and scared versus being excited is literally in our mind. Everything in our body is the exact same. So I was thinking as we were talking about how this related to me in my life, and I thought about it as being a, uh, a kettlebell instructor since I first started with the RKC in 2009 and 10. And if anybody's, um, 
you know, within the organization, and you probably heard me talk about it before, if you've listened, one of the requirements that we have is the five minute kettlebell snatch test. Okay. It is a challenging test, regardless of how much you've done it. Um, do you get into sport? They do 10 minute, there's do marathon type stuff, and which is very, very challenging itself, but still it's a five minute test, which with a weight for, uh, most gentlemen, we have to use the 24 K there's some differences now of how they do it, but when I started and how I've been, you know, just in my weight classes, I've always used the 53K. I've done this test now for, I mean, over 12, 13 years. And I've, I've done it at least every six months to a year doing a challenge on it. And every single time, specifically when it was a recertification or I was assisting at a workshop and you had to do it. When all of a sudden the clock is on and it actually counts, I always felt felt that nervous energy beforehand. Because um, like everything, I've done it before, I've done it a million times, but I know what it feels like. I know your hamstrings and your ass are going to be freaking fired up um, after like 50 reps. Your forearm's going to get so fatigued, your grip's going to start going, your heart rate's going to be jacked. A lot of things happen at that time. So regardless of how many times you've done it, it's still not a comfortable feeling. And I knew that, okay, I need to do this. I need to perform this. And I would still get nervous beforehand. I would still feel that anticipation rising up. And in my own head, I was like, why am I feeling nervous? Like I've done this so many times before. Why do I still get nervous beforehand? So this really resonated with me, with me, just like, yeah, like regardless of how many times maybe you've done something before, when the stakes are high and it's on the line and all of a sudden the stopwatch is on and you are timed, yeah, you're going to have a different feeling. It's going to be a different energy. And sure enough, like every time I get into a snatch test and I start to snatch the bell, I was like, okay. And I just get in the zone. I was like, I've done this a million times before. I know what I'm doing, but it's that lead up beforehand where in my head, I was like, shit, next time I do that, my goal is I'm going to flip that script. Be like, all right, this is when I'm going to perform at my best. This is when I am really ready because it's important to me. And I know that when something's important to me, I'm going to give it my best possible effort. So I thought that was such a cool, uh, practical way of building self-confidence. And that's what's so cool about this book is it's not just about the theories behind it, um, but there's really practical application of how to increase confidence in your life. Um, so yeah, that was just an absolute blast uh, to dive into. The other thing I asked him about, which I'll uh, kind of leave this topic on, is I asked him if he did see a difference at all in mentality of uh, the younger generations who've grown up with technology and social media. Um, now, like, have you seen a difference when you work with cadets of building up their leadership and their self-confidence? And he said, he's like, in my 30 years, there's no difference in the amount of self-doubt. So he realizes that we are the same humans as we were 30 years ago. Like everybody still has some self-doubt in their mind. They still question themselves at times. He did say there's differences in, um, comparison now with, uh, with following people and stuff like that. So we did get into that, but he said in regards of how much self-doubt somebody has of where they're starting from, whether they came from a great pedigree of family who've been to West Point before, and they're like a legacy or somebody who is, it's the first person in their family, in the, uh, in the armed forces, there's very little difference in self-doubt from one person to another. I thought that was really, really fascinating. So Again, that episode, uh, the full one is going to be out this week. Uh, again, you can grab a copy of the Confident Mind book. Phenomenal book. I recommend it. It's one of the uh, best. I just finished it. I'm actually going to go back and do a bunch of notes on everything that I underline now. So 
All right. So the couple of lessons I wanted to uh, shift gears with and uh, talk about is uh, from the 42 lessons of connection at the end of 2022. And the first one is about gratitude. And so this is something I've spoken about for a couple of years now, which is gratitude is a container for all emotions. And it is a superpower. So I think that it is a container because oftentimes I would think that it is gratitude's a feeling that we get. It's a deep emotion that you can feel, but I think it's something even deeper when you really practice gratitude in the right way. Um, and you look at all different areas of what you do is you start to funnel everything through the lens of gratitude, where if you can see something to be grateful for, something you can succeed at, something that is challenging you and you see gratitude in that, it's a funnel, it's a container for all these other emotions. So whether you're feeling happy, you could be grateful for that. If you're feeling scared, you could be grateful for that because maybe it's teaching you something. You know, if you feel anxious, whatever it is, you can funnel all these different emotions through a lens of gratitude. So that's why I use it as, uh, and say that it's a container versus anything. But what I want to talk about here is I'm not breaking the the internet of saying, you know, that practicing gratitude is a good thing to do. But oftentimes I've realized, well, how do you actually practice it? Like, what do you do? You know, I've seen it a million different times. Oh, write three things that you're grateful for every day um, and stuff like that. And yeah, those are all good things. But even going a layer further, I found a couple of things that work very well. So the one I've spoken about numerous times, and I will speak about it many, many more times afterwards, is finishing the day with daily reflection and daily wins. You know, actually, Dr. Zinzer, we talked about this, and it's in his book, where he calls it ESP, where you do your uh, five-minute reflection on ESP, your effort, your success, and your progress. So where did you put effort in? Where did you succeed at? And where did you uh, make progress at? So I've done that, but in a different way. So I really go through my entire day and see feelings, um, specific steps, specific things that I wanted to do. And I go through all of those things. But once they're all down, go one layer further is actually stop for a moment and think of each one. And you try and really radiate that feeling of gratitude from it. So that's the thing is not just writing things down or just practicing it, but actually getting an emotion tied behind it. That's where gratitude really comes into play. So I think one of the best things you can actually do is with uh, with daily wins or practicing gratitude is start with one thing. Don't let yourself go further than that. Just be grateful for one thing and take some time, five, 10, maybe 15 minutes and actually think deeply about that one thing, how it makes you feel, actually internalize it so you feel a physiological response to it. When you do that and you connect more than just pen to paper, then it's going to connect with you a lot more. And one thing I've done with the clients that I've worked with when we've gone into gratitude practice is I've asked them to start with something about themselves that they're grateful for. So what are you grateful for about yourself? And it can't be your job or your family or your relationship or something like that. I think all those things are great and I'm not diluting down the value of that, but if you think internally of what you are really grateful for about you, about, that is a, a gateway to building self-confidence, actually internalizing it. So if you know that you are deeply passionate and when you 
are interested in something, you go all in on it. That's freaking awesome. If you're a kind person where you can feel when other people need help and need support and you go and do that, that's a really cool character trait. So all these different things that we innately are, we know that we're good at or we have a, a knack for, we oftentimes don't talk about it or we don't say it because we self-censor ourselves. You know, this is another thing I talked about with Dr. Zinzer is how people think that self-confidence is you have to be this like braggadocious type thing like Muhammad Ali or Conor McGregor, like you need to bring these things out. And oftentimes if that's not your personality trait, it can come off feeling very arrogant or feeling very boisterous. That's not the thing. Confidence can be a lot of different things in personality. But when you're practicing gratitude, recognizing these things that we are inherently very good at and celebrating that, like being really proud of that. Like, yeah, you know what? Like I am a disciplined person. I can do things that when I don't feel like doing it, I still get it done. Like that is a really cool thing and that should be celebrated. So if you're looking for gratitude practice or you're looking to elevate what you're doing, maybe it's a little bit off. These are some ideas that I'd love you to explore and dive into. Number one is get into your daily wins and reflection. But second, are you listing out the things personally about you that you really are grateful for? And can you find more gratitude in that? It's a really, really powerful paradigm shift uh, when you do this. And it's one of those things that you start to see the good things that you do throughout the day a lot easier. And it makes a much more joyous and much more happy, fulfilled and strong life, I believe in there. So gratitude is a container for all emotions. Okay. Now, the last thing I wanted to dive in on with this episode is a, well, I'll just, I'll say the, uh, the phrase first is what there is no substitute for discipline. It's a foundational must. So again, I'm not breaking the, the world on this statement, this original statement from here. Obviously, we know that discipline is important, but this was actually one of the things over the last year that I tried to go in a bit different way and think that maybe diving so deep into intuitive training and into the individual side of developing um, strong habits, maybe we could go you know, on a different way. I knew discipline was a part of it, but I didn't realize how impactful that it really is, which is kind of almost crazy to me because I've been a coach for 15 years. Um, I know that people that are disciplined, those are the ones that develop it. But eventually you get to a point where you do need to have self-awareness. You do need to get into intuition and understand that part of it as well. And what I realized over this year of working with uh, many different people where I would go so deep into intuitive training right off the bat with somebody that was still at a very early phase of developing new habits. Um, so for anybody that's listened to me before, anybody that's seen this um, popularity of intuitive training and intuitive um, you know, health, I think there is such a value to it. I think it is one of the things that will help you sustain any goal that you have. However, it has to be built on a foundation of discipline first. Okay. So one of the things that I found, this was one of the last seminars that I did is talk about recognizing what phase that you are in. Okay. So if you are in the beginner phase, you need to know you're in a beginner phase. If you're in the advanced beginner or intermediate, or if you're in an advanced, um, you know, mastery type phase, knowing and being aware and being okay with knowing that you are in that phase, then you're not going to get confused about 
all the other things that you might be, you know, thinking that you're missing out on, but you're just not at that level yet. You don't need to worry yourself with that first. So one of the things I found that's big is for a beginner phase, time frame wise, I think that if you haven't done it for six months to a year of the habit that you're trying to build into, then you don't need to look at intuition yet. Okay. You can maybe dabble in it a little bit, but it should not be a priority at all. Your focus should just be getting the reps in and just doing it day in and day out for six months to a year. And the reason behind this is it means that you've gone through it and you've still got it done through many different phases of life, many different seasons. Okay. So the reason behind that is that there is a million and a half six week, 12 week based programs out there where they have before and after pictures and stuff like that going on. And this always rubbed me a bit the wrong way because I've seen so many people be very disciplined for 12 weeks and make big changes in their body and feel like they're in their mindset and they made a total shift only to fall into a place where things got crazy in their family, things got crazy at work. They had a mental issue that was going on that they didn't work on at the beginning of this, that all came through and they started to slide back. They started to shift back into their old habits because they just focused so hard of making changes over 12 weeks and they like maximized that time and they didn't go through all these other phases of life as well. Okay. So that's why I think that minimum of six months to a year of doing something specific, like if you're looking at nutrition, following the basic plans, getting those things down for six months to a year, basic strength training, just getting it in three to five times a week, working it in with your schedule, regardless of whether you feel great, whether you feel you know like shit, if you've been sick, if you've got some family struggles, if you've got you know crazy stress at work, whatever it is, and you still get it done, that's beginning to go through the next phase. Okay. That's when you bypass the beginner phase, you get into that intermediate or advanced beginner phase. That's when I believe that designing a plan on intuition and um, being more self-aware of your body, of your mindset, and giving a little bit more flexibility in what you do starts to come. But if you don't get this discipline down first, then I see that it gets way too confusing and then it's so easy to still fall into old habits. So again, there is no substitute for discipline, okay? If you're at a beginning phase of something that you haven't consistently gone through for six months to a year before, that is the first priority. Believe that wholeheartedly. Awesome. So, all right, I'm gonna close it out there. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, excited for a few more uh, really awesome interviews that are coming up over the next month that we're getting into. Um, again, if I can ever be of service, any help to any of you, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on uh, a social media platform, our private Facebook group, all that good stuff. And uh, tune into Dr. Zinzer's episode later this week as I release that. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Be strong. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you found some great value here. And if you like this episode, please drop a comment and leave us a five-star rating and review. It does more to build the show than you can imagine. And do not forget to check out and join the Strength Connection Facebook group. In this group, I share the biggest takeaways and lessons from these amazing conversations, as well as training and strength tips for pursuing mastery and fulfillment in life. It's, this group is filled with individuals looking to take full control over their strength, and it's the perfect space to explore new ideas and to share your journey. And you'll also get exclusive access to the Strength Connection Mastery Seminars. It's a deep dive into the physical, mental, and spiritual training that you can begin using immediately. So do not wait. Go now.
Seriously, go. I right, much love to you. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you on the next one.